What's good, y'all? What's good, Real Talk Squad? This is Miles, and you're listening to Real Talk with Miles Johnson, where you know we always keep it real. Let's get right into it, man. Look, this might be nudie. It might be nudie. I don't know if you've seen Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, but this is a new segment on Real Talk with MJ called Philly Frenzy. Now, y'all know I always do Philly sports. I'm a Philly guy. I was raised there since I was six years old. I love my Eagles. I love my Sixers. I love my Phillies. I love my Union. So this segment is going to cover all of that. Well, not in this episode, but in this episode, we're covering Eagles. We're covering Sixers because right now, stuff is buzzing. Before I start, like, comment, subscribe, and let's get straight into it. First thing. Let's talk about Tyrese Maxey. Let's talk about Joel Embiid and this Sixers team. Now, yesterday, Tyrese Maxey dropped a 50-burger on y'all. And I'm just, I'm thankful that Tyrese Maxey, he had to show y'all who the F he is. Because y'all trying to disrespect him saying he shouldn't be an all-star. Trey Young should be, a, no, no. If you, if, you, if you watch the games, if you see what Tyrese Maxey has done for the Sixers, his impact on winning, then it's a no-brainer. And I'm glad he had to drop 50 to show y'all, yeah, I'm him. I'm that guy. And I'm going to be a star in the league for years and years to come. And don't you love, this happens all the time, right? And I'm going to compare, I'm going to compare the Sixers to the Eagles. Here's the thing about Tyrese Maxey and Devontae Smith. When the top guy is out, they always ball. They always ball out. Whether it's Maxey and his rookie year dropping 40 with like eight players on the court, <laughs> or it's Devontae Smith you know, getting 140 yards without A.J. Brown attendance, or even yesterday when you have Tyrese Maxey dropping 50 points in a win against Utah, I mean, it goes to show you that these guys are real dogs, and they represent the Philly, just Philly, like, mantra of, like, blue collar, we, like, work hard extremely, extremely well, so these guys really have my respect, and I really want us, I really want us to go out here and re-sign these guys, and we will, we will, but if they don't, oh, I'm gonna have a huge issue. But thank you, Tyrese Maxey, for showing everybody who the F you are, right? To get into Joel and B because buckle your seats because if you watch this on podcast or on YouTube, all right, I'm about to go off right now. So what happens? Uh, let's go do some context. So Joel Embiid, you know, he had to miss several games for like a knee injury, right? And... He's been playing at an MVP level. He's been playing the best basketball ever in his career. I'll give him that. He's been amazing. The best player in the world up to this point in the regular season. In the regular season, might I add. All right? Then, you know, he gets his injuries as he's accustomed to do. And he gets some backlash because... Not even 15 minutes in before the Nuggets game, the same stadium or same arena that he hasn't played in in four years, uh, 
he's not playing. He said he's uh, on the injury report. So this drew a lot of like flack from everybody. Oh, Embiid's ducking, you know, and the league is huge on this low management stuff. So the next game, you know, the Sixers are on their road trip. They play the Golden State Warriors. I believe it's on ABC. What happens? Joel Embiid is in the game. He looks sluggish. Not really himself. I think he had like 15 points, 5 of 18 shooting. He wasn't very, very good. And you saw that he wasn't right. And then John DeCaminga ends up like sitting on his knee. Then guess what happens? This guy tore his meniscus. Now they're going to do some treatment and try to see like what the next steps are. But there isn't a like a definite timetable of when he's he's of when he's coming back. So this brings me to what I'm about to rant on and what I'm really pissed off with. There's a bunch of people that's at fault for this Joel and B situation. Number one, the Sixers medical staff. They might be the worst in the league. They're flat out terrible. Flat out terrible. It's disgusting. It's disgraceful. It's shameful. Because I get Joel Embiid wanting to be like, all right, I want to prove to everybody that I can I can play. I want to be eligible for the game. So we don't talk about that. But you have to, as a medical staff, save your player from himself. Because there's bigger fish to fry than an MVP. I'm sorry. It just is. The Sixers, they want to, at the very least, get to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> like, at least that. But the real goal is a championship. And chasing MVPs is not getting the Sixers any hardware. It's not. So, I'm appalled that the Sixers medical staff would clear this guy to play. When you know the guy isn't right. This is your franchise. This is a guy who is injury prone. So why let bro. If it comes down to he plays 60 games. I would rather Joel Embiid play 60 games. Miss the MVP. But know that oh yeah. He's going to be 100% or at least somewhere close to it. Come playoff time. So the Sixers have the best chance to get to a championship. And compete for one. But I'm tired of the BS every single year. And B balls out. Then at the tail end around springtime. He starts getting injured. He starts getting tired. And then it you know, goes into the postseason. And then he's not the same guy that he was in the regular season. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And here's the thing too with Joel Embiid. I'm pissed off at him too, and I've said this, and y'all going might, might be upset with it, but I don't care about it at all. Joel Embiid should be traded. If I'm the Sixers, if I'm Daryl Morey, this is the last straw. I'm trading. I'm trading him. I'm sorry I'm in New York. They going to be honking, bro. But look, Joel Embiid needs to be traded because I'm tired of every single year it's the same thing. What happens? He balls out in the regular season. Then come the springtime or you know around playoff time, he gets injured. 
now the Sixers have a built-in excuse as to, you know, why they didn't pan out, why things didn't pan out, and now they're back to square one the next season, doing the same exact cycle. So what's insanity, y'all? Doing the same exact thing, expecting different results. I am so sorry. I don't know what is going on with this. I mean, you know, I'm in Manhattan. I'm in Harlem. You feel me? But I want to bad track and really say Joel Embiid needs to be traded because it's the same cycle. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same result. If you keep bringing this guy back, having him have great regular seasons, and then you know he's going to get injured and he doesn't perform to the best of his abilities in the postseason, what's the point of having the guy? You're just going to be in no man's land. You have a stud in Tyrese Maxey that you can build around, and if you trade Joel Embiid, when when he's playing at this top-tier elite level, you're going to get a haul for him, a haul that you can use to build around Tyrese Maxey. But where y'all at right now, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's simply not going to work. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Like, every single year it happens. Every year. What happened last year? He was limping in the postseason. He had some good games. He folds in game six and game seven. Back to the drawing board. Now this year, he's starting off great. He gets injured. Now he's going to be playing catch up for the rest of the season. Coming to postseason time, he'll most likely be injured. I hope he's not. Or most likely tired, whatever it is. Something's going to be wrong. And the Sixers, yet again, fold, right? So I'm getting tired of it, bro. I'm getting tired of it. And you're at a point where you got to just cut loose and say, yo, we might just be better off trading this guy, getting a huge package for him, than doing the same thing over and over expecting the same result it doesn't make sense all right that's the thing there with the Sixers right so I'm still I still you know love the Sixers team and all that but it's frustrating to just to see the fact that you know they're so stubborn in the way that they you know do business and all that all that stuff now let's shift gears to the Eagles Fly Eagles fly, baby. Fly Eagles fly. All right. Here's my thing with the Eagles. I did, I got some criticism. You know, I got some criticism about, like, oh, Miles, you're being pessimistic about these coaching hires. Look, I know that anything is, isn't, I'll say it again. I know that anything is an upgrade from Brian Johnson, Matt Patricia, or Sean Desai. That is rock bottom. So having hires that are better than them is not saying much because you can only go up. So when I look at Kellen Moore, will he get the playmakers in space? Yes. Will he get Devontae Smith his touches? Yes. Will he get A.J. Brown his touches? Yes. But Brian Johnson was doing the same thing. 
I mean, literally, A.J. Brown, he had six games of 125 receiving yards. That's a record right there with Megatron. Like, let's not act like Devontae and A.J. weren't going off this season. Now, look, was it based off their talent and not based off scheme? Yes, but they still got the ball, though. They still got, they still got the ball. So what I want to see from Kellen Moore is, Use scheme to get these guys open, not always rely on talent, which was the downfall to Brian Johnson. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the improvement that, 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 you, that you will see from Kellen Moore compared to Brian Johnson. But there's one flaw about Kellen Moore that I think is pretty alarming, and the same people that are championing Oh, Kellen Moore, they got their pom-poms out. Were the same ones that's saying run the ball. Kellen Moore don't run the ball. <laughs> he don't run the ball. He's a, he's a heavy passing coordinator. That's what he does. That's what he does. So I was disappointed in this hire. One, because I know that we're not going to run the ball as much as we used to I hope I hope I'm wrong but given his track record Kellen Moore he has not done that the second thing as well we're in a day and age where offensive coordinators are getting picked up left and right a year after they get a you know after they get hired as OC they're getting a head coaching job maybe two years max three but it's not gonna be three and look, if Kellen Moore does a great job, granted, unless the Eagles win a Super Bowl, I won't be upset with it. But let's say the Eagles get to the NFC Championship. Have a great year. Kellen Moore is getting a head coaching job. So I'm not pleased with this hire because the main thing that we need is a competent OC because the head coach doesn't call plays to not only be elite, but stay with the Eagles. When you have a guy in Kellen Moore, he's the past three years he's been to three teams, he's looking to be a head coach. And when his name you know, gets to top of mind for these head coaching positions, best believe he's out of here. He's out of here. He's out of here. Like the Lions with... Um, not Brian Johnson with Ben Johnson, they're uh, they might be better than they were this year because you have another year of continuity, you know, and just having an OC that stays with you year in and year out. You no, know, you see with oh, uh, what's it called with the Patriots and Josh McDaniels, like he stayed. They always had that constant factor, right? Even with the Chiefs, like you always have a guy in. And I know it, it, you did have Eric Bieniemy, then he left. But Andy Reid, it was calling plays. I'm gonna talk about Eric Bieniemy as a little bonus, you know, at the end. But you have Andy Reid, that constant. Now it makes it easier when, when you have a, a a head coach who's a play caller. But what I'm trying to say is having a competent OC that stays for the long haul, and you know, not for a good time, but for a long time. It means something. And you and I both know that Kellen Moore, he is not staying 
for a long time. He's staying for a good time. And if the Eagles are successful, which I hope they are, what does that mean? Kellen Moore is out of the door and he's getting a head coaching position. That's what's going to happen. It's what's going to happen. Now, look, I do believe the offense will be better. So I'll go out here and it's hard for me to do this. It's hard for me to do it. I apologize. Trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Alright, alright. Cause I said this thing on my Instagram and now some of y'all were mad. I apologize for saying that he sucks. I do. He doesn't suck. Kellamore doesn't suck. Like he's an upgrade from Brian Johnson, but that's not really saying that much. I would like to see him run the ball more than he has in the past of his career. In his career. I would like to see him run the ball more. Way more than he has in the past. And I would like him to stay for the long haul. But we all know that's not going to happen. That's why. That's why I'm not too keen on it. And when when you have this, the, this is the craziest thing. This is the craziest thing to me. So, Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick didn't get head coaching positions, and the Eagles didn't swoop any of those guys up. That's crazy to me. That's so insane to me, bro. Like, <laughs> do you know how much this defense would be better? If Bill Belichick was the head coach, oh my gosh. He would get the most out of the linebackers, out of the secondary. It would be it would be it, it would be great. It would, it would be great. Now, yes, hiring an OC, yeah, but like that would just be great. I saw something that, you know, uh if Nick Sirianni didn't uh agree to firing his staff that they would have fired him and got Bill Belichick. And that's alarming as well because that's proof that your head coach is a yes man. Look, it proves my point that the reason why Doug Peterson, why he got fired was because he wasn't going to fire his coaching staff. He's like, shoot, I'm a Super Bowl winning coach. Give me my respect. I I can I can, you know, have a losing season. I just won the Super Bowl. And they went ahead and fired my guy. I'm not that's I'm not for that. But he was like, I'm not doing this BS. I'm better than this. And they ended up firing him with Doug, because he's not no yes man. He's not gonna kiss anybody's ass. I respect that. Nick Sirianni, I don't get that vibe. I don't get that vibe, bro. I do not get that vibe from you. Do you think that defense, all these guys that Vic Fangio is getting are Nick Sirianni's guys? No. No. <laughs> no. He don't got no say. Nick Sirianni has no say in 
anything that's going on. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's actually hilarious. Like, literally, he's just a guy. He is just a guy. And you're in a bad position when the front office doesn't believe in the coach anymore. They won't say it, but they don't believe in the coach anymore because they stripped him from all his power because they were like, look, you got to prove yourself. Wait, that's the, That was the thing that really was like, huh? <laughs> when Nick Sirianni said to Jeffrey or said in the press conference, he was like, I have to prove myself again to Jeffrey Lurie. That shows, that literally shows, yeah, my boss is not happy with, with me. <laughs> like, my boss, you know, my, my days might be numbered if I don't get this right. Like, that's not good to know. It's just not good to know that the head coach is walking on eggshells coming into the season. Like, it's just not good to know. I would rather just start over. You have two great head coaches in Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick. But, hey, let's just say Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel, you know, they're still available and the Eagles – I hope I hope it doesn't happen, but they do well, you know. Oh, they do bad, then they could end up making that change. They could end up making that change. But here is the worst case scenario for the Eagles next season. It's for them to get to the NFC Championship, lose, Kellen Moore leaves, and you're still stuck with Nick Sirianni. That's the worst possible case scenario. Now, look, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl and you know, Kellen Moore gets a, 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 a head coaching job, I'll be cool with that. Let me say that, Don, again, because, you know, I do stutter. Look, if the Eagles make it to the Super Bowl, Kellen Moore, he can leave. Thank you. I appreciate your one-year service. Thank you very, very much. But losing in the NFC Championship does nothing for me. Nothing for me. If the, if the Eagles have a bad season, what's going to happen? They're going to clean shop. Nick Sirianni is out, which, again, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So you talk about three scenarios, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, best case scenario. The Eagles having a ter uh, a terrible season or an underachieving season. That's not great, but I think it's better than going to the NFC Championship, losing Kellen Moore, and then potentially still having Nick Sirianni on your books. I'm just not for that. I'm not for that. I'm not for that. Let me know what you think down below. In the comments, I do like Vic Fangio. I mean, I feel like he has great connections. I feel like our defense will be exponentially better. And I have full confidence that he'll get the most out of these guys, man. I feel like he will. I look forward to what Nakobe Dean does next season. He's a dog, bro. No pun intended, but he really is a dog. And he's going to see. I need Howie to pair him up with a stud. At linebacker, so they can go to work. They can go to work. But you can't be, you know, neglecting the linebacker position when you see now 
literally in the playoffs, all of the great teams have great linebackers that are getting stuff done, game in and game out. Come on now. That guy Fred Warner, Greenlaw, oh my gosh, those guys are freaking animals, bro. Animals. All right, bet. Let me also say um, at the end of this little like bonus thing, let's talk about this Dan Quinn to the commander's hire. It's a win-win. <laughs> it's a win-win. Because guess what? I believe the Cowboys, their defense will be worse. And then the commanders with Dan Quinn as their head coach, they'll be bad too. So the NFC is still going to be the Eagles. It's still going to be ours. It's still going to be ours. It's a win-win for the NFC East. A win-win. A win-win. Now, when you talk about Dan Quinn getting a head coaching job, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off because Eric Bieniemy literally could have and should have been the heir apparent to Ron Rivera. You have a guy that has been there, done that, has a proven track record. His team missed him this season, and we saw it clear as day. The Chiefs, at least in the regular season. But what I'm saying is, Eric Bieniemy has the track record, the cachet, the resume to go out here and be the commander's next head coach. Versus how do you hire Dan Quinn as your head coach when he let up 50 points to a rookie in his first playoff game? My fault. I'll take that back. I'll take that back. How do you hire a guy in Dan Quinn? That literally gives up 50 points to a guy in his first playoff game. It's disgraceful. How do you how does this happen? I'm thinking, like, all right, there's no way he's getting a head coaching job. He's gonna end up, you know, just going back to Dallas because don't nobody want their head coach to be him after that performance in the playoffs. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. But what the league is doing without giving Eric Bieniemy a head coaching job is disgraceful. It's flat out disgraceful. And you've seen it time and time again. It's that certain demographic that you know gets that edge up on you know brothers like that have really shown and deserve to be head coaches in this league. I'm happy for the Patriots, you know, hiring. A black head coach. I'm happy that the Falcons got Raheem Morris, right? Those are great, great hires. Antonio Pierce, great hires. The league is definitely moving in the right direction. But the league has botched this Airbnb situation. And if nobody's going to say it, if nobody's going to stand up for this guy, root to the cues, I'm going to say it. Because this is what we do. We always keep it real. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, do all that jazz. I want to just give y'all that little bonus uh, because it does relate to the Eagles too, bro. I mean, you got, you know, 
a guy who probably should be the head coach and might have made our lives a little bit harder. But heck, it's like it's it's like while I'm upset that they hired this guy and Dan Quinn, at the same time it's like, well, thank you, well, thank you, because he's he's gonna help the Eagles out a lot on the Commanders, and also the Cowboys will miss him. I love y'all. Peace. It's Philly frenzy. All Philly sports. Love y'all. Thank you.